Welcome to Hive Mind. I'm Eli McCann on Zoom today with, do you want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Jill and Metro. I'm general featured guest on this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm Lindsay Encinas, and I'm a writer for the Beehive, and I'm doing the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recaps every week right now. Yeah. This feels a little bit like a ship without a captain to not have Meg um, recording an episode. Like we can kind of do whatever we want because the scary boss isn't <laughs> yelling at us. Um, but yes, Lindsay, Jolyn are frequent contributors to Hive Mind. And we have gathered today because the three of us are survivor obsessed. And so we're going to talk about season 41. We're at the halfway point. But before we do that, let's do a quick round of what have you been watching? Jolyn, do you want to tell us what you've been watching lately? Yeah, I have finally caught up on Succession, which hmm. has probably been talked about quite a bit. But I tried multiple times to start watching that show, and I got through maybe like the first six or seven episodes of season one multiple times. And finally, like for whatever reason, I'm in the right headspace for it. And then I just literally binged it within like a week, a week and a half. Um, so that was pretty much, that's pretty much been what I've been watching the last little bit. Just what was your, on succession. what was your hang up the first time when you tried? I don't even know. I think it was just attention span mm. <laughs> more than anything. The show is incredible. The, have you watched it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm up yeah, to yeah. date. Um, I, I like, I like it eight out of 10. So Meg talks about it a lot on hive mind because she likes yeah. it 12 out of 10. Yes. Yeah, she I like know. lives for it. Um, I remember a tweet that she tweeted the very first day that season three was back for the Sunday that season three was back was something like happy succession day to all who celebrate or something yeah. to all observe. <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant. Um, so I'm watching that. Oh, I'm also, um, are you guys insecure fans? Issa Rae on HBO. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's final season, season five. Um, it is, I think one of the, best shows on HBO. What is it? So Issa Rae, well, it started, okay, Issa Rae was a YouTube comedian is what it started as. She had like a mini series on YouTube that then like kind of spun off and she plays a woman named Issa Rae and it takes place in LA and it's just kind of this ongoings of, you know, general 2030s something friend group in LA. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's very good. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's phenomenal. So okay. So yeah. yeah. So so that just season five just started up again on s this past Sunday. So excited! And it's the final episode of the hey, season of, am, of final season of the series. I am going to check it out because little known fact: JoLynn and I have a ninety-five percent crossover <laughs> on media. So. If she likes something, I I know with ninety five percent certainty I'm gonna like it. But what's the five percent? Um, Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, Eli doesn't like Ted Lasso, but I think he just yeah. needs to watch the entire thing because I think he would come around. Yeah. At some point, season two mm -hmm. is phenomenal. Um, yeah. yeah. What else? I feel like we have other things, um, but what was that? There, there was that show that this was when I first realized that we did have a five percent that wasn't crossover. It was that show where there was a lot of sex. Those two like people who dated in high school, and then they it follows their relationship through college. It's like an normal Irish show. Normal people. Normal, normal people. Because Jolyn loved that, and I <laughs> I got about halfway through it, and I was like, this isn't for me. I guess there are things that Jolyn and I don't have a crossover on. <laughs> Was it all the sex or was it everything else? I don't know. I just, I was, I thought it was kind of boring. And then, yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm too big of a prude. You are kind of a prude and there is quite a bit of sex in it, but I also think it, yeah, it's, I think you lack some emotional maturity then for it is actually probably what it really is. Probably. You got to You got to feel all the feelings of that show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, anyway. uh, Lindsay, what have you been watching? Well, Jolyn is bringing the prestige. I bring the trash. I'm watching nothing but reality TV right now. I don't have the headspace for succession. I feel like I have to get through this season of like reality TV life and then I can get caught up on season three. But um, I'm watching Real Housewives of Potomac, Beverly Hills and Salt Lake City. It mm -hmm. is a golden era. 
<laughs> and even though I'm recapping Salt Lake, Potomac is my very favorite. I'm obsessed. Okay. And um, I am watching a new crossover on Bravo called Winter House. <laughs> with the stars of, I don't know if they're really the stars, but they're on, um, uh, what's it called? Southern Charm, which is another reality show on Bravo. And then it's like a crossover with this, play, this show called Summer House. And they're just like hot 30 somethings in a house. I mean, it's silly, but that is, I'm all invested in Bravo right now. And it's not like a game. They're not playing a game. It's just, oh, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> no, it's just, um, it's like very, actually, it feels very like real world. Did you guys ever watch like Las, real or Las Vegas or like oh, those kind of seasons? San Diego? Every season. Every yes, season. Yeah. It feels yeah. very reminiscent, but like people that are like our age, you know, like in their 30s or whatever. So, a little sad, but mostly fun. I love it. Do you, when you're watching multiple uh, Real Housewives, do you start to get confused about who's on what? Oh what no, they're completely city? separate universes orbits to me. No, okay. I yeah, I love these women like my own family. No. Okay. <laughs> as you should, as you should. I am gonna admit, I have literally never watched one single episode of, of any Real Housewives franchise, and it's not because I'm against it. I don't. I just have never and maybe it's because i don't have access to bravo or i don't think that i do or it seems, something but it seems like you have a highbrow sensibility and that's good no, for you <laughs> i just no i watch bachelor in paradise and not the okay. bachelor so okay. it's like no 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 no, no, no. I, I can do reality tv and like survivor's not highbrow when we're talking survivor hey, but i you know in mean? the rankings of reality tv i do feel like survivor isn't like kind of a different echelon yeah totally but you can't compare survivor to succession right no, they, no those can't. are in different no. universes too so yeah I, no i, I will yeah i will say though survivor is the only reality tv show i've ever watched where i have to pay attention yeah. and and oh, jolyn sure. jolyn you know because i've been watching this season with you and i keep making us pause so people can it's explain what's fun. going on because <laughs> i'm knitting and i'm like wait i just missed something and now i am so confused i i think there was one thing that we had to explain three different times to you in a row like before you got it i almost got out like a whiteboard to like draw it out for you well, you kind of need a whiteboard because of all the twists and everything. I don't want to get too ahead yeah. of ourselves. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into it. I I do think that that it has been a little bit more difficult than usual for me to follow what's going on. But before we get into it, I have I have to tell you guys, I finally I, I'm gonna shock myself in a, with what I'm about to say, but I watched the first like four episodes of the morning show when it dropped the first, you know, when it first dropped, because like there were four episodes that were free and I didn't have Apple TV. And then once I got to the end of those, I was like, I'm not paying for the rest of this garbage, right? So I now have Apple TV. And so last <laughs> week I had COVID and I was like, I should watch the rest of the morning show. You guys, I like it. Okay, remember it's a how fun show we did. Okay, I can't remember. So we did an episode on it when season one first came out. Did you watch the entirety of season one? When you, Jolyn, jo you, Meg, and I recorded an episode about the morning show, and I had only seen two episodes of it, and okay. I made fun of it and was like, this is garbage. The entire thing, yeah. But it's like, I like it now. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's one of those shows that is absolutely garbage, but people will watch anyway. And yeah. that makes it worth watching in a weird, it's one of those like weird sort of, well, it's not actually, it's not actually a good show, but worth watching maybe, right? There are yeah, shows like I, that. I am fascinated by Reese Witherspoon and like her, like, persona on social media. Have are, do you guys, are you keyed into her Instagram? Yes. It is unhinged. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, it, I don't know if I could watch something with that. Honestly, Reese Witherspoon's Instagram is the hang up for me watching the morning show. Cause I feel like knowing what I know about this, like her personality, I feel like I couldn't see her as anything else. She, and I will say the first half of the first season, she is almost unwatchable in it. Her character calms way down and becomes okay. a lot more bearable. And Steve Carell is not very good in it, but Jennifer Aniston is kind of good in it. Okay. Like she kind of she kind of makes the show work for me, I guess. What about Billy Crudup? Because I'm in love with him. <laughs> yes, he's yeah. great. Um, he's and doesn't doesn't Reese's character have a queer arc? Doesn't she end up in a relationship with a woman? 
Well, if she does, that. I'm not there yet. I mean, whoops, didn't mean to spoil <laughs> that for you. Anyway. Uh, anyway. I just it, maybe maybe I just had have COVID brain now and now trash TV is like becoming more and more palatable and but I am really enjoying it. So let's get into our topic of today, season 41 of Survivor. This has been a highly anticipated season because obviously during the pandemic, we had a year and a half without Survivor. It was a very hard time for all of us. Uh, it's the first time in 20 years that they didn't have a new season come out uh, on schedule. And so that was very odd. And then we got a whole bunch of Jeff's teasing us about what season 41 was going to look like. And we started hearing that there were going to be big changes and this was going to be a brand new show. And Jeff even released this stupid Instagram video a few months ago where he was like, season one through 40 of Survivor, that was one show. And now we're starting a brand new show. And so coming into season 41, I was very curious and very nervous about what we were going to see. Um, Jolynn, you and I have recorded uh, an episode before about Survivor, and we've talked about our Survivor history. Lindsay, why don't you tell us what is your history with Survivor and your relationship with the show? So I watched like the first however many seasons, like I feel like everyone in America did, like with my parents or whatever. And then I went to college and no one in college has cable or TV. So then I fell off and then I came back to it probably like... I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I've watched it really consistently since then. And then with Paramount Plus, I like binged a ton of seasons after I had my last baby in February. Okay. So I'm like, I feel like I've, I'm a fan born anew. Uh, all time favorite season and player for you? Oh, all time favorite season. I loved the China season. I watched that this, uh, like this winter and I loved it. And I like the Gen X millennial season. I don't know. I really like them all. I'm like, I'm not very distinguishing. I'm, I'm into okay. it all. Okay. Eli and I have very big opinions. Okay. Now I, <laughs> I need to know. Okay. But who are your favorite players? Now I must ask. My ultimate favorite player is Tony, which is a oh, fairly yeah. like standard yeah. answer, but I'm, I think he brought so much fun and ingenuity to the game. Yeah. I think that he, played he like he made big moves without being a villain which i think it's hard to do um and i don't know he he's so fun to watch for me i love mm. watching him I, I i love tony as well my favorite all-time player is parvati uh i ride or die for parvati and <laughs> season 20 16 and 20 are my two favorite seasons they were both all-star seasons season 20 was heroes versus villains I could rewatch that season over and over and never get bored. I just think it's like such phenomenal television. It's so good. Yeah. So good. And she has, she, yeah, yeah, she also has some of the best moves ever in Survivor history. So it's a good, it's a good choice too. And, and so. especially a game and especially in the first 20 or so seasons that highly, highly favored strong, like physically strong dudes to watch her just like walk all over everyone as this like very petite young woman who people thought wasn't very smart because she's, you know, pretty and she's flirtatious. But as it turns out is a very, very brilliant strategic player. I just think she's so fun to watch for that reason. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, okay. So let's jump into our thoughts on season 41, all new cast and a brand new show, according to Jeff. <laughs> So what do we think about the changes that we have actually seen in season 41 so far? And I want to start, I want to get your thoughts on what I think is the actual biggest change, which is that the show for the first time has gone from being a 39, 40-ish day show down to 26 days. What do you guys think about that? Have you noticed a difference yet? And how do you feel about the, the idea that this might be the new length of the show going forward? I like it. I think it's moving really quickly. And I feel like from a viewer's perspective, I have a hard time telling the difference because of like editing or whatever. It feels generally the same to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm way off on that, but I'm into it. And it seems like there's just a lot more momentum for players to make moves rather than sit back in the front half of the season, which like sometimes I think happens. And also they're really hungry because of the rice because they're not giving them any food. Yeah. So I think that 
that combined with the 26 day thing is a big deal. Interesting. I think for me, I think it's, I think the biggest way I can tell that's different is that they've been using a lot of these like, uh, footage from people's non-survivor lives to kind of fill in because I think there are the same amount of episodes, right? Yeah. So it's the same number of episodes per season, just with 13 fewer days. And so they're filling in a lot of that extra time with this like flash to people's, you know, regular lives or whatever, which I guess it adds some context to these people and it's interesting, but honestly, like I'd rather just watch them strategize on the beach or, you know, if they played a, you know, a separate, um, uh, reward challenge to immunity. Do you know what I mean? Like I would rather it be filled with something like that. I don't know if I can tell yet that it's 26 days. I don't think that there's other indications that it's, shorter right it's hard to tell like i think that yeah. Lindsay said with the editing it's there's not really big indication yet maybe once we get to the final season it'll be like or the final episode will it will feel it more but i don't think that there's other w- indications for me that it's that it's yeah. a shorter time frame yeah i totally agree it's just it's weird to think that they're chopping off two weeks of being out there and yeah. i think that the only thing that is disappointing to me about that is part of the fun of Survivor for me is comparing seasons and comparing winners and, you know, whatever. And it's kind of weird to think like whoever wins this season survived two weeks less than all of the other winners. And it takes some of that comparison fun away where I'm just like, oh, okay, this isn't, you guys didn't really do the thing. You entertained us and we got to see some fun game, but like you didn't really do the thing that was really hard that all these other people have done. Now, do they make up for that by not giving them enough food? Do they make up for that by the fact that there's there's not downtime? The, the players are not just lying on the beach and like resting because they have to be constantly moving because suddenly we're on day 13 and the sh- and the season is half over. You know, there's no time to to sort of sit back, maybe. And I think the only people that would ever be able to tell us that are people who played both, you know, a 39-day season and a 26-day season. And so I assume at some point we'll get somebody to come back from a one through 40 and play a shorter season who can tell us like, yeah, this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. This is how it's different. Mm-hmm. And I, I think until we get that insight, I'm just going to be like, eh, like, why did we shorten it? And Lindsay, you, you noted on our doc that we shared with one another, um, what will it take to get a 90 minute or two hour episode? <laughs> I totally agree. And when season Me 40 too. happened, I was like, make these episodes 90 minutes. Like there's too much going on. And I have definitely felt that with season 41. I like the idea that we're getting the same number of episodes, but it's only 26 days because it means we're seeing more of each day. But like, give me 39 days and two hour episodes. Like, I feel like the Survivor fandom would support it. (laughs) If I am watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette for two hours and three hours, like that is nothing. I'm watching paint dry compared to this. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we are willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no amount of Survivor that I wouldn't watch. They yeah. could show like the entirety of the 26 days and I'd probably watch it. Yeah. So. Why do you think they shortened it to 26 days? That is like my well, biggest question is why. The reason that they say is because so they the contestants had to quarantine for two weeks in Fiji first and they didn't want to hold them for that two weeks plus the additional 39 days, which is just oh. too long to hold them there. Right. So that's that's kind of what they're saying. But they're okay. saying that the seasons past this will likely also be only 26 days as well. Right. Well, yeah. I guess we don't know yet, but yeah. um, at, at least season know. 42 and 43, I think they've already announced our 26 day seasons. And so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but like if they can get away with it and it doesn't hurt viewership, like why wouldn't they keep it 26 days? It's got to be way cheaper. Uh, way easier. They can film more seasons if they ever wanted to do extra seasons. So, you know, uh, it's yeah. fine. Okay. So what, one of the big changes that actually hasn't come into play yet is the dice. Uh, and so Jeff explained, everybody gets some dice. If you truly think that you're probably getting voted out, you can give up your vote at tribal council, roll dice and get a one in six chance of immunity with the dice. 
not great chances, but it's like a Hail Mary, right? What do you guys think about introducing the dice idea? I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested to see it play out more than anything because it's hard to know how much of an effect it's going to have because we're halfway through and nobody's used it, which makes sense. I don't think it, because you only get one one dice to use one time. Um, and so it makes sense that we haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm just, I don't know if it will make a difference. I, you know, I'm curious to see. So I thought Janie would use it and she didn't. Not her last, um, her last tribal council, but the one before. I thought for sure she would when JD went home and she didn't. So yeah, yeah I don't know if we'll see it. it. It seems to me like the biggest effect the dice existing will have on the game is it highly incentivizes you to truly make sure people don't know they're they're about to get voted out like there have been past seasons where it's a foregone conclusion with somebody where they're just like yeah like we're not even going to pretend and now you never want people to think they're going because they'll just roll the dice you know unless they're on an opposing alliance and you're not actually voting them out then you might as well make them think they're going so that they waste their dice and vote so I, I'm curious to see if that kind of strategy comes up. Um, it, I mean, it's a huge risk. You know, it's not like a, flipping a coin. It's a one in six shot and you lose your vote. So I, I don't know. Like maybe we'll just it, maybe this will be one of those things that just never happens in, in the season. I don't know. But I think you're right. I think that the it makes a bigger difference in the threat of the dice because it affects yeah the everyone else's strategy versus like someone actually rolling it. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, what, another one of the big changes, if you, if you can even call it a change that they really teased is this diversity casting idea. And I can't remember exactly how Jeff plugged it, but it was essentially like we have a new um, mandate that what 50% of the cast uh, in each season will be like racially diverse, racial minorities, we're not casting a bunch of white people anymore. Um, I think that you can tell this season to me does feel very different in that way. Um, and I think the biggest and po most positive aspect of that is for 40 seasons, we've like constantly seen a group of like white dudes get together and try and bulldoze over everybody else. And often they're successful and often they're not. And this season, the fact that the cast is so diverse has made it more difficult for a bunch of white dudes to even develop a critical mass in the first place. And it does feel like it's a more even playing field for everyone. It's just like, we're all like, all of us are just a little bit different. And so nobody really stands out anymore. What, what are your guys' thoughts about the casting? Yeah, I think it's great. I, I think it's wonderful. And um, I think that I really was impressed by like Shan and Deshaun's conversation, um, them just talking about, yeah, this is our opportunity as people of color to have shared experiences and to come together. So I loved that aspect of it um, because you see people relating on Survivor all the time, whether, oh, we're educators or we're parents or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really appreciated Shan and Deshaun's transparency. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. And in that I had that thought as soon as they started talking to one another and they meet, like they had just met and they were immediately like friends and they were talking in this friendly way that you usually don't see from players until they've been on the Island together for 20 days. And the thought came to my mind that like, it's, it's incredible how knowing that you have some shared life experience just immediately bonds you to people. And I think it was last night's episode, Deshaun, I think it was Deshaun that made the comment that she was like, I didn't, it never occurred to me that I would come here and be able to work with another black woman. And I got thinking about that and I'm like, yeah, I guess that hasn't been a super common thing that you would have two black women with like a pretty similar kind of background, similar-ish ages that have even had an opportunity to work together. And, but you've had so many, you know, like, nine white dudes on a tribe together that like all came, you know, kind of have the similar, uh, similar experiences. And it's, it's weird that it took us all the way to season 41 for like two black women to be like, wow, I can work with someone who's like me, you know, like <laughs> it's so odd that it took this long to get to that point. I'm actually really excited to see them work together too. I think that's going to be a really interesting alliance to see play out, especially because Stan is, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see if she'll end up getting too big for her britches and, and 
kind of outplay herself in some ways and to see how um, Leanna responds to that and how that, that affects her. Cause she doesn't seem as like power hungry and whatever as Shan does, she seems a little bit, you know, I don't know, more strategic and we can talk about that when we get to kind of into some of these things, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. So um, we, we've talked a little bit about there's less food, they're more hungry, there are fewer reward challenges. I do not miss reward challenges. I always think they're the most boring part of Survivor until the back third of the season and you start to like understand how reward challenges are going to affect gameplay. But in especially before the merge, I've never cared that much about reward challenges. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know which tribe I'm rooting for, so I don't care who gets to eat pizza right now. Um, I was a little worried when we heard that there was going to be less food, that it was going to be uh, harken back to some of the early seasons that were a little boring because everyone was starving and just like lying around lethargic. That hasn't seemed to be the case though. They're just hungry, but like they're still moving. No, I think I, I agree with you about before the merge, it doesn't make any sense. I like when like random people get grouped together to go away from the bigger group. That's what I liked about the reward challenges is seeing how that affects gameplay, you know, being able to be isolated and have kind of those conversations away from the larger group on, you know, strategy and, and whatnot. Um, so I, I think that that could be interesting, but it, you know, I, I, I think there are enough changes this season that we're seeing some different strategy play out anyway, that it's probably not affecting it too much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Talk to me and Lindsay, I know you especially have some comments about Jeff. Um, talk to me about Jeff props this season, the talking to the camera, interacting with the audience, looking like COVID was a, a rough, 2020 was a rough year on him personally. What do we Bless think about heart. poor Jeff these days? You guys, I do not know about the like breaking the fourth wall thing because he's always just restating what he's about to tell the players. <laughs> right. It is driving me crazy. Like, I'm like, you literally are about to say this to them. And I don't know, like, I want to know the behind the scenes meetings of like, did like he pitch this because he wanted more screen time? Like, are people calling for more Jeff? Like, I just like want to know how this became a production decision. But yeah, he's like a very omnipresent like person in this um in this season. Well, and it's so funny too because a big part of it is like I'm going to tell you something before the players know, and it's like no, but you're actually not because this happened in the past, so you <laughs> actually do know before we know. So like this whole it's just like this very like Inception kind of thing where it's like I'm but like no, they've already found out because it happened six weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> It's just like very weird the way that they're framing it too. I don't know if I mind it. It's it's strange. I think it's, I would rather, it's fine. I think the showing of like the cameras in the background is super weird for me. That's almost even more weird for me than him like talking directly to the camera. I don't know. It was it's fine. It's a weird production. They are making also some weird, some very different um, stylistic editing uh decisions as well like they're doing some like slow-mo type stuff and it's yeah. just like they're trying to be a little bit more artsy with it it's like come on let's go what one of the things that i have liked about their editing this season and they did it a little bit in 40 and i liked it then as well is they're playing around with the timeline and not showing things as chronologically and so yes. i kind of like that you'll have people kind of talking together and and then one of them will be like well, guys, I found an idol. And then they do a flashback to her finding the idol. And I actually am enjoying that. So I'm I like, like what? She did? Yeah. Agreed. And it's like, Agreed. It's creative. And I, I I like that they're sort of reinventing in that way. The the Jeff talking to the camera and letting us in on things that he's about to let the, the contestants in on is so stupid. This week's episode was the funniest <laughs> example of it because 
he was like crouched down looking at the camera and he's like the contestants are walking in and, and I'm about you can literally see them yeah. by now. you can see them walking he's like i'm about to tell them that they have to compete to be on the merge and then he turns around and he's like you guys you have, have to compete to be on the merge and it was like jeff i don't feel like i'm helping you tell them if that's the goal <laughs> No, he's trying like a lot of new things out, new hair, new, new breaking the boards. Well, I don't know. He's, he's going through something. I love Jeff yeah. Probst. I love you. I support God bless you forever. Him. God bless you. Still the best host on TV, really? but yeah, it's, it's a lot. Excuse me. Did you watch The Apprentice? But, honey. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. So, okay. So speaking of the merge, we had, the, this merge is a very odd thing. There, there's the idea that you quote unquote have to earn the merge and you've got all these people competing. I, it's a bit complicated and convoluted. And then this whole hourglass idea with Erica that I think is so incredibly stupid. I've been thinking about it all day. And the more I think about it, the dumber I think it is. So Erica is sent off to an Island. She's shown this hourglass and she's told if you break the hourglass, not flip it over for some reason, but break it with a hammer, then it will undo the challenge that just happened. And all the people who won the challenge will actually be the losers. And she will get immunity for tribal council. And then they're like, we'll leave it up to you. And it's like, so if she doesn't do it, she's not immune. But if she does it, she's immune. Like, why wouldn't she? I, the whole thing seems really dumb to me. What Can you guys explain it to me or justify what why they're doing this? Honestly, I think the only reason that it's stupid is because it seems so much like a no-brainer to me. It seems like there are, what are the downsides for Erica? There are, right. like, I, I couldn't think of any downsides for her. And I don't, I kind of like it. At, like I'm interested to see that play out like all these five people who had been strategizing thinking that they were safe I actually kind of like that they are going if assuming that she you know we find out next week that she breaks the hourglass which if she doesn't what the hell is she thinking yeah but assuming that she does I, I kind of like them having to scramble I think that's a really interesting thing I don't hate that I do think the fact that they're making it into like this big dramatic decision that seems like there are no downsides for her is is what's silly about it but i'm really interested to see how it affects especially because she's the one knowingly or unknowingly to her on the chopping block right mm -hmm. everybody wants to vote for her and so with her if she gets immunity and the five who thought that they were on top are actually on the bottom it will be interested to see interesting to see how that plays out before tribal yeah very interested I, with that in that when we were just typing in our Google Doc, I typed in back in time hourglass and I like burst out laughing to myself. It is so, when you just say it, it is so ridiculous. Like, and I, I do, I think the convention is kind of cool if they were just like, okay, but don't make it up to her to say like, okay, Erica, because you're here, you wield this power. Just be like, I don't think that they have to turn it into this thing where like she has to make this choice because obviously, like you said, Jolyn, there's no downside for her. So, I mean, it's like kind of interesting, but it just got so dramatic and I don't know. I'm really curious about next week to see their reactions. Yeah. So we'll it's, see. It's also very Harry Potter book three. Yes. Yeah. The time turner. It's like, are they going to see other versions of themselves? Like what, how are they, how are they going to edit that? Right. Like, like the multiverse like, of Survivor. <laughs> it's silly. Um. Okay, so that those are kind of the general thoughts I had. Anything else any either of you thought of or wanted to comment on before we move into our other categories? No, we're good. Um, I well, I I do have something. Why do you think that for this merge challenge, why do I wish they would have made it an individual challenge? I don't like that that was randomized because then you had basically just the way it worked out is that super strong group of people got to move on to the merge. And obviously like, what's his name? Um, the kid that has all the Xander Xander is like lifting all of them. I really wish they would have made it an individual challenge for everyone to get into the merge. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I, yeah. And they still could have done this hourglass thing that wouldn't yeah. have changed anything. They could still just reverse that. Right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh -huh. And also, okay, one more thing. <laughs> Why do you, would you have taken Erica or Nasir 
to come around the merge with you. Why do you think they sent Erica to the like exile place? Gender thing, I think. Yeah. Cause it, just, didn't they admit one of them admitted it because that one dude is like super paranoid about the women taking over, which it's like, dude, this is 2021. Like, can we but get here's over? The deal. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal though. You look at Evie's tribe. That is what they are doing. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> now the men specifically for that reason. So I don't think it's, I, I get that. Like, Maybe, you know, we we would hopefully have moved past this like binary women versus men type of thing. It's a really, really easy distinction though. Yeah. And and I don't think he's being needlessly paranoid because there's evidence that that is happening. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. It just but that I that to me, I think that's why the Erica decision last night. It, it was just like straight up. It was just that, you think? Yeah. Dude's gotta mm -hmm. stick together. Yeah. So this for me, it, I would have sent Nasir because also you're about to move on to individual challenges. He's so good at like living on an island, doing all the challenges. Don't you want him out? Which I guess, I don't know. That's kind of the thing of Survivor. Do you, when do you need like strength as a majority? And then when do you kick people out? I'm like, you got to get Nasir out of here. He's going to win. <laughs> well, and the, the other thing too, I have never seen them send somebody away for two days. Like yeah. that's, that was a lot of time. And so I think maybe that had to come into their minds where they're like, this, this season's only 26 days, whoever we send away, that's two whole days that we can't work with that person. And so if we think that we are going to be working with Nasir and strategizing and trying to figure out how to get rid of these other people, like we don't want to send him away for 48 hours and not have an opportunity to talk to him. So I wonder yeah. if that's part of it. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Sorry. That was, <laughs> I just circle back to that. Yeah. So, okay. So while we're talking about plays and decisions, what, what do you guys think have been the best plays so far this season? Like who's playing well and what, what have they done? I think Shan is playing very well. Mm -hmm. I think she's somehow been able to convince these people to hand her their, uh, what do you call them advantages to show loyalty right but it's mm -hmm. but then she ends up with jd's extra vote because she ends up voting him out and he answered this you know what i mean and so she's playing very well i think largely because people are stupid not necessarily <laughs> because she's actually really playing well yeah um and and i think that what we're starting to see though is she's starting to spiral which is which is a little bit concerning to you know i'm interested to see i think i mentioned that earlier how that ends up playing out for her. I think she really likes being in control and I'm interested with the merge, how much she'll be able to uh, retain that. I also yeah. think Evie is playing really well. I think we yeah. saw that in the very, you know, first few episodes when her tribe was um, going to, I think they went to tribal twice, right? They lost two people. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw that and her plays. I think I saw this thing, this TikTok, uh, Kelly Wentworth was saying, look, any advantage you get, do not tell anybody about it. She's mm -hmm. like, anybody telling people about it. So the people who have not, I think, made the right choice. But then everybody who's like accusing them of like not, you know, being trustworthy because they don't tell them about this advantage they secured, I think are delusional and thinking that that's how you play survivor. Because I think mm -hmm. you should never tell somebody that you have it unless it's like absolutely necessary. Yes. So anyway, those yeah. are my, my thoughts. Yeah. Lindsay, any other thoughts? Who who Who's playing well? Yeah, I totally agree with Jolyn. I think Shan, but I think she's flying a little too close to the sun. And I think she's been on a treadmill moving really fast because her team was, her tribe was so small. And now like she's like run out of runway and yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't think it's going to go well for her. Um, I think Ricard is playing really well. Okay. Um, and Liana is really strong. Evie's really strong. I think they're, yeah, I've been impressed with a lot of the players. So uh, Shan is getting a ton of screen time, right? And um, I think she's a really entertaining player. From the beginning, I was kind of rooting for her. There have been a few moments where I felt like she's making moves just for the sake of making moves, where I'm like, that. I don't even know that you needed to do that. And I think it's I think it's hurting her a little bit because 
She's now gotten into a, a, a really weird situation with Ricard and trying to manage that relationship. And she's ticked him off to a degree that I don't think was necessary. And it was odd to see, and this is a criticism of both her and Ricard. It was odd to see them come down to two people in their tribe. There are only two left. And once you get to that point, all of your energy should be going toward like shoring up that relationship. Cause it's like, we, all we have is each other. We are probably getting close to a merge and we have got to stick together. And instead they spent like their final day, just like fighting with each other. And it was so odd to me. And it just made me think you two are both trying to play so hard that you're forgetting that the relationships matter. It's not all about advantages. It's not all about making big moves, especially this early in the season. It's about like finding loyalty and trust and figuring out like how you can work with each other. And so I don't know, like maybe they'll, they'll come out of this just fine. But I started over the last week or two thinking like, are, are they overdoing it? So I have been watching Evie throughout this season for that reason and have been thinking that Evie has done that really well because Evie has laid very, very low, has always been a part of the conversation. And I, I think that you see people in Survivor, typically if they come out way too hard, guns a-blazing, like swinging very, very early on, they're exciting to watch, they're fun to watch, but then they go up in flames the second half of the season. I feel like Evie is playing more of, of a Parvati game. I talked about how Parvati is my favorite player. Parvati was always really, really good at spending the first half of the season just sort of making sure that she was part of whatever the decision was, laying pretty low, and then coming out fighting really, really hard the second half of the season. So I will be curious to see if Evie does that after the merge. Um, any, yeah. any other thoughts on that? Okay. All right. Next category, biggest mistakes so far this season. What do we think? I think that Shan should have voted Ricard. Totally agree. She should not have sent Jeannie home. She should have sent Ricard home. Um, largely because Jeannie would have been loyal and grateful. And like this, I think a puppy dog loyalty almost. Uh, at least for enough time, you know, for Shan to establish additional and new alliances or whatever. And Ricard is now completely turned against her. I yeah. think it's going to end very poorly for, for Shan because of that one decision. Why I wouldn't, agree. Why wouldn't she bring Jeannie? Jeannie was going to be loyal to her forever if she brought Jeannie along. The only thing I can think of is because Ricard had that stinking extra vote in I'm wondering if she felt like she couldn't vote him out because he had the extra vote and like kind of, I think they mentioned this in the episode. She's just kind of like obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if that was part of her calculation, but I totally agree. I think that was the biggest mistake we've seen so far. It's I'm always impressed. And I honestly don't think that I would be very good at this, but I'm always impressed when players are, they, they know that you should value advantages and value immunity, but at the end of the day, they don't consider them to be like the most important thing. I'm always impressed. Tony, I think this is partly why Tony is such a good player is he's willing to just like play stuff and be like, if it's wasted, it's wasted. And I do feel like she, Shan is valuing advantages to a degree that it's like, you got to calm down. Like you need to take a step back and realize that this is also just like a social strategy game. And I mean, I guess we're kind of saying the same thing that we were just talking about a minute ago with her relationship with Ricard, but yeah, it just, it made sense to me from what we've seen that she would have just been like, you know what, Ricard, I don't have a future with him that looks the same as Jeannie, even if it means losing that one stupid advantage that he's holding on to right now, fine, you know, but I don't know. Like, I think it must be hard to make that decision when you're in that spot. Yeah, I think because we are going to see Ricard move against her. We will. We will. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see that play out. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, who are we rooting for? Who are we rooting against? I was rooting for Shan for a while, but this last episode, I don't, I don't love paranoia. I instantly turn against people the minute they get paranoid because I'm like, you are going to drive everybody away. You're going to ruin it. It's, it becomes not fun for me to watch people who are paranoid. And so her getting paranoid, I was like, 
I do like her villainous song though a lot. And I want to hear that more of them just like playing whatever that cute little tune is that she sings when, when she does it. I'm super rooting for Evie. I think they're my favorite character right now. I want to see more of them this season. We saw a lot in the beginning kind of toned down a little bit as, as their tribe hasn't gone to council for a while, but against, I don't love Ricard. He's kind of annoying to me. Um, I don't know anybody from the tribe that didn't go to tribal council. And so I have like no thoughts and feelings except for, I think you wrote this down, Lizzie, that you're scared of Sydney. She's the da- long, dark, brown haired woman. Really right? Pretty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel the exact same way. I'm just like, if I knew you in real life, I'd probably hate her. Why are you scared of her, Lindsay? Um, she like has an energy that just makes me feel so on edge. I don't know. It's like she's this amalgamation of every like mean girl that I've like ever yeah. known. Or it's maybe like old anxieties or something coming back. I don't know. Yeah, she's I'm but I'm interested because we just don't know that that tribe very well. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I think that's there's not really anyone I'm rooting against necessarily. And I think a lot of that is because we're not getting a lot of just like hanging out at camp. So I don't really know. We're not getting like any character building in that way. Like we're getting these flashbacks to like their real lives. But like I want to see who's like hoarding food. Like, I want to see them fighting about, like, little petty, trivial things at camp. I love that. This does feel like a more likable cast than you usually get. Mm -hmm. Um, And there haven't been a lot of kind of standout, that person is incredibly obnoxious. There are people that I'm like, "Eh, I don't think we'd be friends in real life. But nobody that I'm like, I feel anger about. What do you guys (laughs) think of Tiffany? I love her. She's such, she's good TV and I want her to get more screen time. Um, she, she feels like someone I could know. Like, I, you know what I mean? She has this, like, she looks like, oh, I think she does work with kids. She looks like yeah. someone or acts like someone who like worked at your high school in the front office or something, you know, like I yeah. like her a lot. I think she's a fun and it, she like got better at challenges. I don't know. I'm into her. I, I am too. And I, I really loved her scene. Was it this week or last week with Xander? When she caught him in a lie, I mean, bless his heart, Xander is, he's kind of a dummy. And when he he started- To be fair, he didn't know that she had more information about his- That is true. But then his brain rebooted when she caught him in the lie, (laughs) where like a better player would have been able to handle that better. Sure. At a minimum, a better player would have been like- okay, you caught me. This is why I like, he was just like, so like deer in the headlights, like, uh, uh, and she was like, yeah, don't lie to me. I, you like, I, I'm not stupid Xander, you know? And it was just like, so funny to watch where I was like, oh, she, if she, as long as she doesn't let her, I, I could see her potentially having an anger issue or like a, because she she seems very fiery and i'm like as long as she doesn't have that moment around the campfire where she starts screaming at somebody and like alienates people she could be a really dangerous player because she she's very tough obviously um she's able to it looks like read people pretty well i don't think she's dumb i think she's you know relatively smart and so as long as she doesn't alienate people and tick people off by being too aggressive with them in conversation I think she could like go pretty far and do pretty well in this. She is pretty paranoid. How do you feel about her? I'm going to be the naysayer of the group. I am not a Tiffany stan. I (laughs) find her rather annoying. Um, I think that Leanna is going to target her. She didn't love that Shan brought up the advantage that she got in front of Tiffany. And so um, I'm interested to see how that will play out and if she'll eventually be targeted for whatever reason. I do feel like it's inevitable that she's going to alienate people. She kind of already kind of did when they were trying to decide who to vote out. And they, she was like so worried about trying to vote out Xander, which I think that they should have voted out Xander instead of vote Jay when they, when they voted him out. But um, I don't know. She's not my least favorite, but she's, you know, not, not my, I'm not rooting for her, but. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we, okay, so uh, other than the moments that we've mentioned already, any other funniest moments? I was thinking about, I really appreciated uh, last night, Erica walking up to the island and talking about it like it was an Airbnb. And she's like, okay, 
okay, so a little bit DIY. And it was so cute. It was honestly so darling to me. It, it endeared Erica to me a little bit. It 100%. Did to, it did to me too. And then I like, I want 90 minute episodes because I want strategy, but I also want 90 minute episodes because I want more of that kind of stuff. It reminded me of like in season 40 when Sarah did her fashion show. And I was like, this has like almost nothing to do with the game, but I enjoyed one minute of watching Sarah put on a fashion show and make everybody wear this crap that she had made around the island. Like I like, I want more of the characters like joking around and having fun. And when this much stuff is happening, it's really hard for them to, to have that sort of thing in each episode, but I appreciate it when they find chances to do it. Agreed. Any, Same any other, any other funny moments from this season that we haven't touched on? Jeff having to explain the hourglass. <laughs> him sitting no. down the first time we'd ever seen him sit ever, maybe. That's that true. was weird. Yeah, that is he, true. He sat on the sand and it kind of felt like he was he defiling like himself. <laughs> the condescension of Jeff. It's like, wow. Oh, poor Jeff. Yeah. Um, what do we think about the volume of advantages, immunity idols uh, that are at play right now? Is it too much, just enough, hard to keep track of? What do you guys think? I can do with less. Yeah. So yeah. opposite things. <laughs> Once again, just like Tiffany, we're opposites. Yeah, I I can do with less. Like, um, I, the thing where they go to the hill and they turn the the wheel, um, like the prisoner's dilemma thing, like I'm not super interested in that. I like the extra vote thing, or maybe that is the prisoner's dilemma thing, but I wish there was another way they got to that. But um, I think that the um, the three-way immunity idol, I, that's, I don't know, it's okay. I would have preferred them just find, I think, a regular immunity idol. So mm. I, I think I'm probably less on that side. But Jolyn, I mean, I would like to hear your side. Well, I think the reason I like or have enjoyed the prisoner dilemma issue is because members from different tribes get to interact before the merge. I think that's probably one, yeah. you know, on top of the advantage thing, I think that's one interesting piece that that adds because that's where Shan and Leanna you know, connected and I, they were able to form that bond before the merge. Um, Evie and was it just Sean that she ended up with? I think it was. And she let okay. him know that it was Xander who had the idol from their tribe. And so, and, and you know, gave him that tip of like where, so I'm, I'm wondering if that like endeared Evie to Deshaun and, and vice versa. So I'm interested to see how those connections formed on the prisoner dilemma thing will play out. Um, so I, I think it like add, it added a, a slight interesting element. I don't think it's going to change the game by any means, but I haven't minded. I have it. a hot. I have a hot take. I don't need any advantages in this show other than immunity idols. And when you start introducing like additional votes or vote cancellation, this and that, I start getting lost. And then it's it's less fun for me because I'm like I I can't even keep track of like what the strategy should be at this point because I don't remember who has what powers. I do really like making, getting idols and activating them more complicated. I like the three way idol thing because I was starting to get to a point in the thirties seasons where I was like, it's too easy to get idols. Like you always know there's one out there. Somebody just like, if they know that they're in trouble, they just go look in the trees for a while. And then they have one. And it was just like happening over and over. And every time one got played, it got hidden again. I like the idea that like you might have to sneak out at night and go do like a special task in order to get your idol. I like the idea that we have to say a secret thing and hope that the other tribes people say a secret thing to activate our, I think that's fun and I can keep track of it. It's just when, when you go to um, tribal council and I'm like, okay, everyone has dice, three people have extra votes, but they can only be activated during the full moon and the wolf howling. And then this person has an idol, but that person has a nullifier. Like once it gets to that point, I'm just like, this isn't fun for me anymore because now it just feels chaos. So, and it might just be that you guys are smarter than me and you can keep track of it better. And I'm too distracted by my knitting, but I'm just like, it's too much for me. 
I guess the aspect of the three-way immunity that I didn't like, because I do liking, I do like making it more complicated because I agree it just got too easy. And then they're like always cycling back in. I just think that the means of activating it was too silly for me. I don't know. It just like took me out like the, the grass and the butterflies. And I just like, wasn't into that being the way they activate the idols. I just, I, I like them sneaking out. I think that's kind of fun, but I don't know. It just like, it was this element of silliness or something that I was just like, I don't know. It was, but I have no other suggestions for how to do it better. So this is, (laughs) this isn't a good critique. (laughs) Yeah. I think that for me, the reason why I don't have an issue with the number of advantages is because I I like making certain things harder. Like you said, making, you know, access to idols harder. I think making blind sides harder is also more interesting to me. And I think that that's what like, you know, the advantage that like Leanna has nobody knows that there is other than Shan and now Tiffany knows that that's even on the table. So being able to show up at tribal and be able to take somebody's, you know, idol or whatever and be able to play it then, or maybe hold on to it. I'm not totally quite sure on the rules for that one is interesting to me because it can like thoroughly disrupt a blind side. And that is always super interesting to me is when idols that weren't known are played and, you know, advantages that aren't known are played. I, I think that that, that elevates it, it. Yes. It makes it a little bit more chaotic because it, it can obliterate somebody's strategy in a moment, but I think that's interesting Mm. because you can't, I mean, it's like, we literally can't prepare for or think through every possible scenario. And, and I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate it. I'll say I'm more willing to put up with that amount of, of advantages in an all-star season because when it becomes difficult for me is when I already don't even remember the names and I'm trying to get to know these people and remember what advantages they have. If I know everybody like from day one, I'm like, yeah, it's not hard for me to remember that Sandra has X, Y, Z. It's not hard for me to remember that Parvati has X, Y, Z because I know these people and it's like cemented in my brain when something good happens for them. And I think like this season, having an all new cast, I'm just like, I mean, I'm having to like look at the, their, their pictures as we talk through this to remember their names so that we can talk about these people. And so like to add all of these advantages to it is just been a lot for me. But maybe second half of the season that will ease up and I'll be, you know, a lot, a lot happier with it. Um, so speaking of second half of the season, what's our prediction? Final three. Who do we think is going to end up in the final three? I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just calling it. You can mark this down. Eli McCann said it. I think Erica is going to end up in the final three. I'm telling you. Well, I was going to say her or Heather. Me too. Yeah. Largely because they're going to be like, we take them because they're loyal. And I mean, Erica seems like she's going to make some moves eventually, but Heather seems like I will go with the flow and we'll end up oh. there kind of as a default. Yeah. Um, you know, do we know if it's a final three or final two? I don't think we know, but, um, regardless, I think Heather will end up there only because she'll be taken there, uh, you know, by default. I think that I want to see Evie in the final three really bad. And then I don't know. I don't know. My guess is Liana is my other person that I think Mm. who could go really far. Um, and maybe Deshaun, I think they're playing it right in the kind of like middle zone. They're not playing too hard, but they're making, they're taking enough risks, but I agree with you guys, um, Heather or Erica and also, um, and Abby are the other ones I like. I think that Danny's going to get targeted because he's going to probably end up winning a bunch of, um, individual immunity challenges. And the minute he loses one, I bet you he'll be targeted just because he's probably going to be very good at those. Probably same thing with Xander, depending on how he plays his advantages though, right? He has immunity and he has an extra vote. So depending on if he plays those right, could could see him move pretty far. Um, I don't know. And it depends. I don't know. For Xander, I think it's going to depend on how easy the others feel like they can manipulate him. If he if he feels like somebody they can they can control, he's gonna stick around longer. But if he starts feeling chaotic, he's gone. Like there's no point in keeping a physical threat who you can't control. 
Yeah. He's not very bright. Or maybe he is. I just, I Maybe he's just young. Who knows? Yeah. It's all in the hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Any other thoughts? We covered quite a lot. We'll, we'll, the three of us will come back when the season's over and, and see how we did and talk about the rest of the season. But any other thoughts for now? No, it's a thrill to talk about Survivor with you too. Yeah. I love, I love geeking out on Survivor. And every time I tell people that, yes, I'm still watching it. And yes, I have friends. I still talk deeply about it with, and people look at me weird, but I yep. am who I am, who I am. So yep. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, okay, great. Thank you, Lindsay and Jolynn so much for joining me. This was a true joy for me. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch, uh, in about a month and a half and we'll finish out this season. Amazing. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks everyone for joining us. Talk to you soon. Bye.